This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, everybody, this is Cam Clark, the voice of Leonardo and Rocksteady of the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And you are listening to the Canned Air Podcast. Check it out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley, and I am alone in the studio this week because, people, we needed some time off. So we decided we're going to be taking this week and next week off to get some vacation time in, recharge our batteries, and uh, come back bright and bushy-tailed, ready to give you some uh, good new episodes. So we will be back with new episodes on April 10th. Um, but instead of leaving you with nothing this week, I wanted to give you a conversation I got to have with the co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kevin Eastman. That's right. To our longtime listeners, you know that anytime I get a chance to talk with Kevin and get him on the show, I take that opportunity. And I think this is, what, the probably the sixth or seventh time he's been on. And I got to tell you, man, every time is like the first for me. I'm such a Turtles fan, as you guys know, and getting to talk with him never ceases to be amazing. But what we're talking about this time is the first issue of The Last Ronin Lost Years, which is the new series that has started. I believe by now there are two issues out, but at the time we recorded this uh, conversation, only the first issue had come out. And what The Lost Years does is shows you the events that happened uh, leading up to the event of The Last Ronin, and also the events that happen after the events of The Last Ronin series. So uh, if you're not reading it already, go pick those issues up and get in on it while it's hot, while it's still happening, because I got to tell you, this first issue already is awesome. And you know what's really cool, too, is I've been seeing in the last week since this conversation's been had, they've announced that there are plans to make a Last Ronin video game which I couldn't be more excited about, along with the rest of you. Uh, it's supposed to be somewhat in the same style as uh, God of War. I've never played any of those games, but I know they're very popular. Uh, and I got to be honest, no matter what style they did this game in, I'm going to play it. Come on. It's the Turtles. It's Last Ronin. I'm going to be there. But until the time comes that we can actually get our hands on that game, be sure to be caught up on what's happening with the Last Ronin and with the new series, The Lost Years, because it's so freaking good so far. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Kevin Eastman. But before we get to it, I have to remind you, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CandAirPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air and head over to CandAirPodcast.com where there's a button where you can get merchandise, t-shirts, mugs, hats, hoodies, you name it, it's there. Featuring all kinds of different pop culture, uh, Canned Air inspired logos. There's like a TMNT inspired logo, a Simpsons one. There's a a G.I. Joe one, I believe, an 80s one. Uh, a Star Wars-themed Candare shirt, uh, all kinds of different t-shirts for you to choose from there, and then over on Patreon, which there's also a link on our website for, where for 5 to $10 a month gets you access to a catalog, a backed catalog that stretches almost three years, if not more, of uh, content we've been pumping on there monthly. So many different ways for you to support us and uh, to get something in return. 
And uh, once again, don't forget to check out evergreenpodcastnetwork.com, the network we're so very proud to be a part of with so many other great shows. And I think that's all I had to say and get out of the way. So without any further ado, let's cut over to my conversation with Kevin Eastman. Kevin, how are you? I'm doing great, thanks. Good to see you. Good to see you too, man. It's been a few months, yeah. hasn't it? And then, I know. It's like, man, where's the... Um, suddenly it's 2023 and it's like, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I can agree with that, man. How have you been? Very well, very well. No, we're, um, we really uh, <clears throat> wrapped up last year with some uh, you know, fun projects and, and a bunch of loose ends and then jumped into this year and we're literally getting through a bunch of the important strategic stuff as we head into the uh, convention season, which starts for us in uh, mid-March. Yeah, you've got a lot of uh, conventions coming up this year, don't you? Yeah, excited. You know, as we, we enjoy doing that, we love being on the road. And, uh, you know, for the moment, we, you know, like anybody, we hate being away from home, but we love going out and seeing the fans and sure. all that stuff. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's all good. And they appreciate it, believe me. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> but uh, we got to talk about the Lost Years issue one, man. I can't tell you how refreshing of a read this has been. I mean, I knew we were going to be getting, uh, you know, the story of Michelangelo and his solitude leading up to the events of the last Ronin. But one thing I wasn't aware of is that we were also going to be getting. Uh, you know, we're going to be picking right up where Last Ronin left off with, uh, you know, the new turtles like uh, Odin, Una, excuse me, Uno, uh, Moja, and Yi, kind of getting a uh, preview of their personalities as toddlers, what the future might hold for them. But, uh, you know, and on top of that, uh, Casey Marie and April's struggle raising these four toddler uh, turtles. But aside from that, looking at Michelangelo's story, I got to say, damn, man, this one really hit hard, especially just for uh, issue one. You know, we see Mikey going from wanting to die uh, to wanting peace and solitude to completely snapping and like killing his attackers off with no mercy at all. It's been it's for an issue once so gritty and uh, it looks like it could stand to even be grittier than the last Ronin. Uh, I just wanted to know what it's been like for you taking this psychological dive into this character who's always been very lighthearted and sarcastic, kind of the party dude. Is it ever uh, challenging for you? 100% spot on uh, and well said. It's, it, it's one of those things that, you know, when, uh, when the, the start of and the evolution of all things last Ronin, you know, the, the, the first series, started and uh what i had built out in my mind and feeding off what pete and i had originally wrote and then was tom and i merged those ideas into one of our own idea um you know michelangelo you know uh, to me there was never and tom agreed immediately there was no other turtle but michelangelo to be this character and that was what was interesting for his story arc is that you know everything we know about michelangelo is completely different from the one that you're introduced to at the beginning of last Ronin. So as we were going through creation of the Ronin verse, um, there were many little pockets and little stories that we said, Oh man, would love to go back and, and explore this and explore that. And the top of the list was uh, the lost years, which was, you know, in uh, after she four, when Michelangelo goes to Japan, finds out what happened to, um, you know, Donatello and Splinter and um, with Tanabe passes on the journal to him, Splinter's journal, training journal, and, um, you know, he he starts down this path of transition. Um, and so we really wanted to show what it took and the hardship and the and the things that made it possible for him to even attempt to achieve what um, we put him through in, uh, in last run. And so um, so that was that was super important that we told that story. And that was a first you know, top of the list. And then the idea of the we call it the 
prequel slash sequel um, of last year's um, last one of last year's was you know the four turtles that we introduced at the end of um, issue five. We had already named them. We had come up with specific personalities and what we wanted to do with them. And we felt this was a great way to introduce them because the pacing that we set up in last year's every issue takes three takes place three years apart. So each time we see Michelangelo, it's three years later than issue one, issue two. So you see the new turtles um, at uh, um, um, issue, you know, uh, age three, age six, age nine, so on. And so the idea being um, by uh, issue five, they're 15 and it's a transition into last run in two. So, uh, but it's, it's, you know, Casey Marie becoming the sensei working off what Michelangelo taught her as well as, you know, the journal that Splinter is original teachings. And plus you have, you know, the, the, the original um, uh, April as an important part of, you know, filling in all the historical bits. So this is really, Again, the, uh, the the prequel to issue one <laughs> of Last Ronin, but the sequel where we're just teasing you. But once you get into Last Ronin two, it's it's that's where all the meat and potatoes, and you're gonna really find out what these characters are doing and what's going on. That is one hell of a commercial. I can't already wait for uh, Last Ronin two, man. <laughs> it's cool, be but, awesome. You know, it's it's it's, it's funny because it's trying to like first I talk too much, um, but I also <laughs> always my no, wife laughs because no. she I always give a lot of detail and 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 stuff, but. Uh, you know, the the process of Tom and I working and developing the story, because what I love the most about Tom, because um, I often joke, it's like, you know, three men and a baby stuff. We have, you know, me and Pete Laird and, and Tom as sort of one of the three men and the baby. These are his, you know, he's been, he's, you know, he wrote a hundred issues for Pete's sake, and he's been a, as much a part of a turtle dad as, uh, as anybody. Oh, and yeah. so, uh, but he's always a story first kind of guy and uh, like, like me and like, you know, Pete and we, we, you know, if the story's, something we like that's our only barometer it's like we you know um um we write it for ourselves and hopefully it will resonate so that's that's been the the magic of making sure this story works for us and then hopefully it'll work for everybody else well good damn job success (laughs) thank you (laughs) um another thing i've got to comment on is the artwork um you know it's it's kind of a staple you know between you know from the last ronin to even going to drawing blood uh when reading your comics you know i love seeing uh different scenes or different periods in time switch between artists and in this uh book you know we have ben bishop who's illustrating the present uh sl gallant i think that's how that name's pronounced uh doing Mm -hmm. the past scenes and then there was even a page where it shows splinter's journal open up on like an altar with the turtles weapons behind it and that's done in your artwork which i just loved because it was it seemed to me like it was an homage to the Mirage stories that had led up to where we are now. So I was wondering if you could just comment a little bit on the artwork. Sure. It's actually, it's, it's an, it's an interesting, it was like an accidental evolution when David Avalone and I uh, had created Drawing Blood and we brought Ben Bishop on as the main series artist that I said, well, you know, cause this, it covers this character's past, present and future as well. I mean, past, present, future, as well as some hallucination stuff. And so we, we said, well, I'll, I'll do the original duo shade past stories, but Ben would do the pencils on them. But then Ben would do the main, the he- main heavy lifting on the rest of the story. And then Troy Little, who's incredible, who did the ragdoll stuff, would come in and illustrate the when our character in Drawing Blood is haunted by his creations, the ragdolls. And um, it was a format that was was uh, was super strong. And then as we get into Last Ronin, it was not intended to be that way. Um, originally, it was one artist. Um, that um, we were going to work with Andy Kuhn and and who had to step away for, you know, uh, personal issues. Um, And so even through the process of trying to make it work with Andy, I brought 
Ben with, you know, Dave and I talked about, I said, well, let's bring Ben in because I feel like the main sequences are kind of the dark night sequences, but then the flashbacks, I wanted to have that feel of, uh, um, you know, Batman year one, a slightly different, softer sort of approach. Right. Um, um, but a you know, proper flashback, which led into important bits of the story. And then you go further back, there was specific, you know, first person stories that I said, well, let's, I'll do those because, um, you know, we can bring it back to, because everything's based, leans heavily on the Mirage Studios universe. So it was a very similar format and approach um, to both stories, but it worked, um, you know, happy accidentally well for for last run and so that's what we want to continue that format and that structure as we went into this and uh, that's what's going to be great about you know by the time we get to last run and two is we will have the original team back together where we have uh you know these scores of brothers and and ben and i'll be doing stuff and that stuff as well but uh, yeah the process is uh you know the the, the the three different timelines all connecting and being separate is uh, is a great format a great structure i would have to agree have to agree done so well uh, Thank you. One quick, one more quick question for you. I know your time sure, is. Very we got a little, we got a little extra time if you need it, so don't worry. So, all right. Well, my question is uh, about Mikey's narration uh, when we're looking at his past. Uh, his narration doesn't seem like he's telling it in the present. It seems like he's telling it years from when it's actually happening, which uh, kind of sounds to me maybe I'm wrong, but like he's telling the story to someone aside from just the reader. Am I looking too far into this or no? Um, I try not to give any spoilers. Uh, oh crap! Probably, okay. you know. And, you know, <laughs> I my question. <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't have to withdraw. No, it's, because it's one of those things. It's like um, that 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 kind of narrative um works so well for filling the blanks because it is, like I said, it's like you're seeing Michelangelo's journey. Um, um, you know, almost uh, Tom and I base it a lot on say the kung fu. David Carradine Kung Fu TV series, which, you know, was originally a Bruce Lee thing. Um, but it, the stories were not necessarily continuing week to week, that they would jump in time periods and they would bounce back to his flashbacks and things, which is that a lot of the, uh, some of the original source inspiration. So when you had uh, um, uh, the uh, last one in last year's construction, like I said, you know, everything is three years apart from Mikey's sure. journey to the, the, the kid's journey. We needed to fill in some detail and and make sure you know you saw the parts and we're focusing on the most important parts in each particular issue. So it's 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 something that will be resolved in issue five. <laughs> so you'll see what's happening in issue five. It doesn't affect because again, it's still that part of the story is still a prequel um, to Last Run and One. Um, but um, yeah. no, so you'll see. We'll wrap that up and then you know when we move forward uh, in Last Run and Two, there will still be. Certain flashbacks, often things that um, uh, April will be telling to you know the youngsters and things of of you know um, their um, their their main inspirations or the, the the you know the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So it's it's it's, it's sort of yeah, yeah. I don't want to give too much away, but it's going to be super Understood. fun. <laughs> Understood. I tend to get ahead of myself. I know we're only on issue one, but thanks so much again for being here, man. Let's circle oh, back around after some more of these issues are out, and uh, <laughs> maybe I, some of my questions will be better suited then. <laughs> No, it's great. No, that's that's what's funny because you know Courtney's really great at organizing. Uh, you know, we try to get these press dates. You know, um, you know, three or four times a year when we can, sure. and, uh, and and time it out just you know schedule wise. But it's always good to, to keep the discussion, you know, especially with regular. You know, we get to uh, talk with you again and 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 keep the 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 narrative going, which is um, you know, equally fun for me. I enjoy it. 
Well, I always appreciate the time you give me and appreciate your work even more. So thanks so much, Kevin, man. I'll let you get back to work, brother. Thank you. Always a pleasure. We'll talk to you again. And uh, um, thanks. Cheers. All right. Thanks, Kevin. All right, everyone. And once again, that was my conversation with Kevin Eastman, the co-creator of the Ninja Turtles. Really hope you enjoyed that. And if you don't know what we're talking about in this conversation, go pick up the last Ronin comic series. Go pick up the Lost Years issues that are out. Get caught up because you're missing out if you're not. It's a great series. I promise you will not be disappointed. And don't forget to check out uh, Kevin at KevinEastmanStudios.com to find out everything he's up to lately, where he's going to be, if maybe you want to meet him in person at a convention, and follow him on Instagram at uh, KevinEastmanTMNT. And don't forget to find us on Instagram at Canned underscore Air and on Twitter at CannedAirPod. And once again, CannedAirPodcast.com has the merch tab for you to get those awesome t-shirts, hoodies, hats, mugs, stickers, and the Patreon link, which gets you hours upon hours of uh, extra content that isn't released to the public. Many ways for you to support us and to get something in return. I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. Another big thanks to Kevin Eastman for being on the show. Once again, I am Jeremy Colley, and people, be excellent to each other. There's a fire in your house, be sure to get outside immediately. And once outside, get on CandarePodcast.com. Well, thanks for the tip, Blowtorch, but just one question. What about the fire? And no one is half the battle. G.I. Joe! This has been a Canned Air production. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.